Hi there! Welcome to the Healing Unscripted podcast, where we talk about all of the complicated, beautiful, infuriating aspects of healing. I'm Megan, and I am so glad you're here. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Healing Unscripted podcast. I am super excited for today's episode because we are talking about some questions that I got from TikTok. So if you don't follow me on TikTok, check out the show notes. I have the link there. Um, And I basically just made a TikTok video saying that I wanted to answer some questions that you had as viewers. Uh, So I have a couple of those questions here, and we are going to just dive on into it. Okay, first up is, can you talk about the father wound and the mother wound? And I would absolutely love to talk about this topic. So the father wound and the mother wound, it's complicated because clearly it's a very heteronormative idea. It's this idea that you have a father and a mother, which is not the case for everybody and is not necessary for everybody, obviously. Um, so it's it's basically how I would define each one of them is the mother wound is the absence of a emotionally available caretaker, whereas the father wound is the absence of an emotionally available disciplinarian. And because those roles typically, that's where it falls, you know, the caretaking falls on the mother and the discipline falls on the father in very, very traditional, basic, stereotypical uh, households. I want to emphasize that this is in no way meant to be like, this is how your family has to be. Uh, But that's where these names come from, I believe. And so the mother wound is basically having an an emotionally unavailable mother or parent of or caretaker of some kind. Um, So whether you were raised by your grandparents or whatever, um, if your primary caretaker is not emotionally available to you, you likely have experience with the mother wound. The mother wound often looks like deep insecurity um, because the person who took care of you didn't necessarily always show their emotions to you or accept your emotions. And so you grew up maybe feeling that who you were was incorrect or unlovable in some very basic way. And so you grow up very insecure about whether or not other people actually like you or love you because this person who everyone else seems to take for granted, of course your mother loves you. Like even a mother, you know, there's all these sayings about how if you have nothing else, at least you have a mother's love. Uh, But for people with the mother wound that it doesn't always feel true. Even if your mom did love you to the best of her ability or your primary caretaker loved you to the best of their ability, um, if they weren't emotionally available, then you probably grew up with the mother wound. Now, the father wound, on the other hand, uh, may look like acting out. It may be more externalized versus where the mother wound tends to be internalized. Uh, So the father wound could look like trying to get attention, even if it's negative attention. And this comes from an emotionally absent disciplinarian. Uh, So when I say disciplinarian and discipline, I am not talking about bullying, uh, because sometimes that is the route that parents take. They choose to bully their children instead of discipline. Discipline can be very healthy and normal and is actually very necessary for children. And uh, when the person in charge of healthy, constructive discipline is not emotionally available or doesn't provide emotionally healthy discipline, um, then that can create the father wound. 
But what I want to talk about most when it comes to the mother wound and the father wound is the fact that these are wounds, which means they can heal. And it it doesn't feel like it in the moment. When you first start to realize you have experience with the mother wound or the father wound, it's going to feel like forever. It's going to feel like, you know, I didn't get these very basic needs met when I was very young and it shaped my psyche. It shaped who I am as a person and I'm never going to be able to heal. That's how it's going to feel at first. But I just want to very gently, I want to validate your pain and validate those feelings. But I also want to gently remind you that healing is available to you. Healing is absolutely possible. These are wounds. They heal with time and care and attention. So time passing itself isn't going to heal the wound, but paying attention to the wound and seeing how it affects your daily life and giving yourself some compassion for the ways that you hurt, that, that can be healed. Healing, I mean. (laughs) Okay, so question number two is, I just followed your podcast and I have a question. How do you deal with negative thoughts about yourself? How can I like myself more and reprogram my negative beliefs about myself? I love this question because it is something that I have been working on intensely for a long time. And so I have some insights on what works and what doesn't. Let's start with what doesn't work. So basically what you don't want to do if you're trying to think better things about yourself is beat yourself up for thinking the negative things, right? Because do you see how that just feeds into the cycle? And this feels really natural and normal, especially if you have relatively low self-esteem to begin with. It feels normal to beat yourself up into the result that you want. This is called shame-based motivation, and it's really not that helpful or that effective, to be honest. So anyway, if you're trying to think better thoughts about yourself, something you don't want to try is yelling at yourself for thinking those negative things to begin with. That is a no-go. Instead, what I have found actually super helpful when it comes to thinking more positive things about myself is I'm learning to listen to the negative things and question where those thoughts come from. And a lot of times it comes from a place of wanting to protect myself protect myself from rejection, from pain, from failure, from success even. And when I get in touch with those negative thoughts and I really learn to accept them and validate them, they lose some of their strength, some of their power over me. And it creates space for me to think better things about myself. I also want to address this idea of affirmations where you tell yourself something positive every day and you really try to convince yourself that it's true. And I think this can work, but I like to modify it with something I learned from my coach uh, called bridge thoughts. And it's basically if you're currently thinking something really negative and you want to be thinking something really positive, sometimes it's hard to make that leap. And so you need to come up with a bridge thought instead. Uh, so let's say you are really struggling with your body image and you don't really like the way that you look. It can be really hard to look in the mirror and say, I love my body every day because you just don't believe it. So instead, you have to come up with a bridge thought and you can repeat that to yourself in the mirror every day. For instance, you could come up with a body neutral thought like um, my body is where I exist and I refuse to hate the place I exist. 
you know, that could be a really powerful bridge thought that you can use to get you out of this really negative mindset and start working toward a more positive mindset. Hi there, everybody. I just want to take a minute to interrupt this podcast episode to tell you all about my program, Neurodivergent Magic, Get Shit Done in 24 Hours or Less. Executive dysfunction is one of the number one problems for neurodivergent folks. And if you don't know, executive dysfunction is basically when you really want to do something, you are trying to do something and you just can't get yourself to do it. This is one of the biggest issues amongst neurodivergent people. And I have learned so much on how to cope with it that I want to pass it on to you. In this nine-week group coaching program, we will cover both the emotional side of executive dysfunction and the practical side. So you will learn practical tools for how to cope with it, but you'll also tackle the emotional blocks that make executive dysfunction come back over and over again. If this program sounds right for you, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. I would absolutely love to see you in Neurodivergent Magic. Okay, so our next question is, what are some points of a healthy parasocial relationship? And this is such an interesting question, and I love it so much. So I actually had to Google parasocial relationship, wasn't 100% sure what that was. Uh, So if you're listening and you're not sure either, uh, real quick, a parasocial relationship is a one-sided relationship. Typically, it's uh, the relationship between a celebrity and their audience. That is the most common uh, example, but it could also be a teacher in their classroom or something like that. So as somebody with a pretty significant following on TikTok specifically, I feel like I'm sort of uniquely situated to speak to this because I've definitely had some issues with my parasocial relationship between me and uh, the people who follow me. Um, Luckily, I haven't really had that many issues, but I, I do think I understand this question a little bit. Like, how do you develop healthy boundaries? Because sometimes when you have a good following, you have an audience that you feel responsible for and don't have a personal one-on-one connection with each individual who's a part of it, um, you can get really caught up in numbers, in vanity metrics, like likes and views and comments and stuff like that. So if the person asking this, if you are in a similar situation and you're kind of wondering, how do I interact with my audience and respect the fact that I am serving my audience and I want to give them what they need, but at the same time, I want to be there for myself and show up for myself and enforce boundaries that keep me healthy. So hopefully that's the place you're coming from, because that's sort of the stance I'm taking on this question. Um, And I would recommend three things. So number one, focus on giving and not on taking. That has been something that's been really helpful for me. If you're looking to grow an audience, uh, people really enjoy getting your attention and your time and your creativity. And when you give that to them, it increases the people who want to be around you. So if you're looking to grow a following in a healthy way, focus on giving. Number two, focus on an abundance mindset. So a lot of times we get dragged into scarcity mindset, which is this idea that there's just never enough. There's never enough time. There's never enough money. There's never enough people. There's never enough of me to give. There's just not enough. But when you focus on abundance and try to tell yourself, of course, of course, there's enough. Oh, excuse me. Of course, there's enough. Um, Of course, I can do this. You know, there's enough time. There's enough of me. I am enough. And when you focus on that, it can be a lot easier to interact with your audience. And number three is take consistent time for yourself 
away from your audience. Because when you don't do this, then you start giving and giving and giving and you start running out, not because of scarcity mindset, but because you are only human. And there really is only so much of you to give. And so when you take time for yourself, you learn to replenish your stores of creativity and your stores of empathy and generosity. And so, yeah, that is how I would recommend having a healthy parasocial relationship with your audience. All right. And that brings us to our last question, which is what is the best way to get tested for slash treat ASD, autism spectrum disorder or autism? And this is a really interesting question because I've actually been questioning my own uh, existence in the world and whether or not I may be autistic. Uh, But I have not gone through the process of getting tested or treated or anything like that. So I can't speak directly from experience, but I can tell you a little bit of what I know based on my research and based on my experience working with autistic clients. So uh, first and foremost, I just want to mention that we don't treat autism in the way that we try to get rid of it. Autism is just a different way that the brain works. And while it can be very disabling, um, it is not something we want to cure or get rid of. It's just something we want to learn to accommodate and um, learn to make space for in this world. We want to make the world more autistic friendly, not make autistic people less autistic. So that just as a big thing, want to say that right off the bat. Um, When it comes to getting tested, I believe uh, the best way to go about it, and I could be completely wrong, so if you disagree with this, please reach out to me at megan at healingunscripted.com. That's my email, and I would love to chat with you more about this. But from my understanding, the best way to go about getting tested for autism is to uh, go to your general practitioner who can recommend an autism specialist or a psychologist who specializes in autism specifically, and you can go to them and they will likely give you uh, questionnaires and speak with you. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what the exact testing process is, but I believe that's the general process. Go to your general practitioner, they will recommend you, or you can look up an autism specialist on your own and go directly to them that way. When you do go to get tested or when you do go to speak to a psychologist, something I've seen many, many people with ADHD and autism do is on TikTok primarily is where I've seen this, is they will bring a diagnosis binder with them. So this is where they have printed off studies that they feel they relate to. They printed off online quizzes that they've taken um, and all of which are annotated. So they have notes on them saying, this is how I experienced this. This is how I've tried to cope with it. Uh, This is how I exist in the world, basically, in one binder, like through the lens of autism. So that could be something that could be really, really helpful as well. Okay, and that is all of the questions that I have. So this was such a fun episode. I hope to do more of these in the future. Um, I hope that you enjoyed them. And if you have questions you'd like to submit, again, my email is megan at healingunscripted.com. Feel free to reach out to me there or reach out to me in my DMs on Instagram. You can follow me at healingunscripted. Um, I'm less likely to see comments on TikTok because there are so many of you, uh, but feel free to try to reach out to me there as well. All of this information will be in the the show notes. And as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And we will end this episode with a guided meditation. Let's start by taking a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth.
Good. Very good. Today, I just want to remind you that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be unsure. But at the end of the day, I want you to remember that you hold everything you need within you. You are enough. You are capable. You are strong. And when you cannot be strong, you are able to withstand the discomfort of being weak. So often we run from the feeling of being weak. We run away from our feelings of discomfort. But the truth is, you are strong enough to withstand those feelings of discomfort and unease. Even when you have to reach out for help and ask questions, that's okay. It's okay to not know everything and you are still enough even when you don't know. Even when you have to reach out for help, when you have to look up answers, when you have to talk to doctors, you know your experience better than anyone else could ever know it. Other people may be very empathetic or empathic. They may try to understand, and they may understand to a certain degree, and that is beautiful when that happens. Absolutely beautiful. But even when you are misunderstood, your experience and your reality still matters, and it still is what it is, even if other people can't understand it. You are exactly who you are meant to be. You are exactly who this world needs you to be. You are enough, exactly as you are. Peace be with you.